Welcome to All Through a Lens. This is the, well, it's almost the podcast about film photography that's a little more than just film photography. I'm, I'm, I almost said I'm Vanya. I'm not Vanya. I'm Vanya. You are not. <laughs> and I'm Eric. Ooh, we're changing things up this season. Actually, this is not this season yet. We are doing a little bit of a, sort of just a filler bonus episode, uh, just because our season has not started yet. It will start in about two weeks. Yay. Yes. So, Vanya, um, how you been? Good. Keeping busy. Uh, work, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's summer, but it's not summer for me. So. Well, you still, you've done a lot of summery things. I mean... Yeah, I do a lot of summery things all year year long. Uh, I did go on a little trip, like I said, on the bonus episode, uh, but I've been home. Mm-hmm. But I am going on a very small mini trip. This is the summer of planes because for some reason it's cheaper to fly than it is to drive. Yes, and it's not that cheap to fly. <laughs> oh, no, it's... Well, I guess I guess where you're going, sure, sure. It's yeah, close by. I mean, I'm not going to like Italy or anything like that. No. So yeah, I've been just kind of hanging out, doing all the usual stuff, trying to be responsible. Finally got like my paid for my paid taxes, so that's fun. That that is very summery. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to get inspired. I've. I've taken up embroidery. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. What yeah. have you embroidered so far? Oh God, what haven't I? It seems like everything gets it gets something. Okay. Just jean jackets, my overalls, uh, holes in things, uh, presents for people, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cyanotype pictures too. Actually, I've been you're embroidering cyanotype pictures. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so just like it's watercolor paper, so it's fairly thick, yeah. and I just mostly fuck them up. But there's been a couple that actually look pretty good. Uh, and today I actually did a cyanotype pillowcase, and that's all dry. So I might add some embroidery to that as well, which will be fun. Interesting. Have, have you seen the photographers that will do a little bit of embroidering on their photos, on the prints? Yeah, there is a lady in South America in Chile who oh, nice. we've, I, I think I've talked about uh, doing something about her. Yeah. And she does like this really amazing um, work with embroidery. She does veins oh, uh, and yes. arteries. It's what is her name so we can tell people stunning. to go find her? You're going to have to edit this because I have to look it up. Well, I will just vamp until you look it up. All right. Go ahead. Vamp it up. Well, I guess the last time I left off with you folks, uh, I was on the road. I am no longer on the road, unfortunately. I am home now, which is why which is why the recording sounds pretty good. And um, it's my first full day back when I'm recording this. We're recording this on... I don't know what date it is. It's July, let's say, 27th. Is that correct? Yes. How about that? It is a Wednesday, so you'll be getting this a little little less than a week. So I've been home for a little bit now, 
and um, I don't dislike it, but I I wasn't, I hit a stride, you know, like when you're traveling, sometimes you get really tired and you get, you get kind of sloppy at the end. Like the last, I guess a year or two ago, we did an episode, there was our first episode back for the season and it was entitled something like, and by the end of the trip, the cameras are all over the car. It's because mm-hmm. I traveled with like 15 cameras, which is a lot of cameras. And so this time I've tra- I traveled with technically five cameras. I used two. That's it? You didn't even pick up the other ones? I didn't pick up. Well, I guess I used the Graflex once in a while. I guess out of a hundred photos, maybe not even one, maybe like out of like 300 photos, 400 photos, I, I shot it once or twice. So rarely at all. And I, I tried to do some handheld stuff and I just, I didn't feel it. And a lot of that is because the rangefinder is off and I need to fix that. But everything was mostly the Chamonix or the RB67. And I I guess people like grand totals, I didn't really fully count, but um, I, I weighed... I, I weighed how much how much film I, I I shot in rolls, and it was something like like twelve hundred fifty grams, which translates to each roll of one twenty is about twenty five grams, and so that translates to I think it was around sixty math I don't know around sixty or seventy rolls, um, of, of color and black and white, but only like a dozen of color, mostly black and white, and. I don't know. Well, I haven't developed anything yet. Uh, as far as sheets go, by my count, it was probably around 260, 270 sheets, mm-hmm. um, which I, I guess is for a month. I guess it's a lot. That's impressive. Yeah. I did a lot of like, um, I think like smart people would call them studies. So I did a lot of studies of things where I would look at an object and shoot it from a few different angles and and, and study it. I'm just not one of those people who use the word study in that way a lot. So um, I just took a lot of pictures of the same thing. I see. So I'll walk away with like six pictures of this one thing with the idea that, well, maybe I'll get to use one of them somewhere. Hmm. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. So I hit a stride. And it seems the, like it. By the end of the, well, as far as like just the mechanics of traveling. You know, I woke up in the morning, I knew how to you know, strike the tent and get everything all to put together and had a place for everything and everything in its place. And I, the food was a certain place and I was super fucking organized this whole time. And that really helped me just keep that stride through to the very end. And so by the last day I wasn't, well, a funny thing happened. I, about, about a week, with a week to go, um, I was very, well, I thought I was very tired. And I think I remember I said, said to you, like, I'm just done, but not in like, like a, I'm over this sort of way. I was just very, I felt very accomplished. Like I, I, I had accomplished something mm-hmm. like there's no more to do here. And I, f- I didn't feel tired. Like I wasn't physically worn out. Like I said to somebody, I was like, I'm worn out on like a cellular level. And I don't think it was even that. I, I couldn't really put a name to it. And then I, I was talking to someone today and I said, I, I think I'm, I'm creatively um, done. Like I'm, I'm creatively tired, I guess. And she said, well, that's creative burnout. And I'm like, well, 
I don't feel burnt out though. It isn't like I can't do anymore. It's that I don't need to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's a really, like, like you completed a project, you know, like you done with it. No, project's done. Time to move on for something else. And that's what it felt like with about, about a week to go. I, I shot, I, I shot a lot after that, mostly because I, I, you know, second winds and in interesting places. And sometimes the light's just too good to not shoot, no matter how tired or creatively worn out you are. But it was interesting. I don't think I've ever felt that way before. Hmm. Have you? Have you felt like just, you can't, I, I don't know, I can't really even describe it. Not that you can't shoot anymore, but you don't, you don't have to. And you're happy about that. Not that you have, not that you have like the photography equivalent of writer's block or anything like that, but just like- All the time. That you're just happy with what you've done. Yeah, I, I feel like that all the time. Oh, that's, I, that's great. But I, I don't really, I would say it's, I don't feel like shooting, but also like, I don't want to force myself because it's not worth it to force. Yeah. I'm just content with not shooting. And when I'm ready, then I will. Yeah. I like that. I guess, I guess because you shoot, um, well, you typically you'll go to the beach and you'll shoot and you'll, you won't necessarily have like, okay, I'm going on a trip and I'm shooting on that trip. And then when I come home, I'm not going to be shooting. And that's kind of how I work, but you, you don't work that way. So I could see you being like feeling a lot more accomplished or that you have accomplished things on a more regular basis. And I'm now I'm wondering if I've ever felt like I've accomplished anything. <laughs> of course you have. I mean, I know I have, but I mean, I've never felt this way, especially on a longer trip where I could keep going. Like I physically could keep going. But- well, you also shot throughout the year as well. So it wasn't like you took a long break like you usually do. That's true. Yeah, I did I did a lot of that Seattle project over the winter mm-hmm. and a lot of, of weekend shooting. Um, still not shooting during the week or anything really. But yeah, maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe that I is. would say so. Yeah. Uh, so just if you guys were wondering the artist is, her name is Juana Gomez, by the way. Juana Gomez. Okay. And, and what's her, what's her um, <clears throat> handle on Instagram? Oh, I don't know if she has an Instagram. Oh, she does. Yeah. I thought she did. Neat. Um, it's Juana, it's J-U-A-N-A underscore Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z underscore M. Oh, cool. I will put that in the show notes. So hopefully I remember to do that. And obviously there's, I mean, five by seven angel does embroidery on some of her prints. A lot of people do do them. Um, But I'm mentioning her because, well, she's, she's Chilean. So there's that. There is. And also I'm like, I'm just totally, I'm so impressed with her work. It's it's absolutely stunning. So if you haven't seen it, I would definitely check it out. I have, uh, I'm home to a cat who is, who is digging through everything right now. He's, um, he's a cat right now. Like things that you just brought home or just, just stuff, just stuff, just random stuff. Gotcha. Um, actually it's, it's, uh, 
a box that arrived that he's trying to get into and it has um, sodium carbonate and sodium bicarbonate in it. Um, so maybe you can hear him trying to rip those open, but he won't be able to do that. So I guess as far as the ECN2 kits are concerned, we should be looking forward to to that? I'm, uh, I ran out of kits uh, while I was on the road. And so I'll be making more kits and I'll be getting those kits out to those who have ordered them and have not yet received them. That might be mm -hmm. why. Uh, hopefully everybody's understanding. But uh, yeah, I'll be making more up probably tomorrow or the next day. So by the time this airs, there'll be some on Etsy and, and also more importantly, some on my regular, what is it called? Big Cartel? Okay. Yeah. So the links are in my bio for that. Excellent. Yes, excellent. Excellent. So I guess we just kind of wanted to touch base with, with you, Vanya, and with everybody out there. Um, I have stories from the road that I'm going to wait uh, for most of them for the first episode. And we'll talk kind of more about travel in general. Cause I've had, I, I, I did, I did something that I had never done before in my entire life. This trip, I kept a road journal every single day. Which I'm so surprised. It seems like, I think I even mentioned that you should, and you're like, oh, I'm doing that. And I'm like, what? Like, you didn't even tell me that. It was Well, I didn't weird. tell anybody that. It was something I just started doing. I don't, I don't think I really even went into it, like looking at the first entry, I definitely didn't go into this thinking that I was going to keep it up. Mm -hmm. Because that's usually, like, even from when I was a little kid, diaries, journals, I would, I would start them. And like, after the first day, just be like, I'm good. I don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I kept this up and I don't understand why, but I I really enjoyed it. And I finished my my last entry today. I sat down and I wrote about about yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um like I said I have I have stories from the road that I will keep, but there are there's a, a couple of journal entries that I wanted to read. And you haven't you haven't heard any of these yet. And mm -mm. so when I was out on the road, I started thinking about loss and what loss means to a traveler and what loss means to a photographer and more importantly, a traveling photographer. And so these are two entries that I wrote. I typed them out. So hopefully um, I, can, I can read my writing, even my typed writing. Hmm. So would you like to hear? Of course. Okay. So this is day six. Nearly every day of the trip so far has been directly affected by rain. And while it did not rain today, the roads, especially in the morning, were often impassable. Multiple detours made it the bulk of my driving before the noon sun and winds dried all but the most saturated. Sure, still, I missed a lot, and that always makes for a bit of sadness. Road sadness is hard to explain unless you've felt it. With each day of travel, there is an unfathomable amount of loss. This is different from normal loss, mostly because you don't really notice it as a loss when it's happening. As you leave each stop, each road, each town, you lose something. It's nearly certain that you'll never see these places again. When I stop at some location, I take it in. And with the camera and film, I interpret it and incorporate it into my life. And not just while I'm there, the eventual photographs are monuments to that loss. Road weariness, at least for me, is largely because of this loss. The memories might be good and the time spent there worthwhile, 
but how do I deal with never seeing these places again? I could return someday, at least to some of them, but even then I've lost the time. It can't be the same. This isn't a huge and monumental loss like losing a friend or a parent. These tiny losses are like a thousand paper cuts. It's not traumatic like death, but it is real. And as you travel, you must learn to cope with this constant loss. And today, while thinking of this, I sat and looked over Two Medicines Creek. I let the sun warm me as I found ways to bring this new place into my life. And I wondered how I would never see it again. That was written on the south shore of Lake Elwell in Montana. So I wow. have another one to read too, the day after that, where I deal with another kind of loss. But what do you think? I mean, is that, is that a thing? Am I just like being dramatic? I would, I, I definitely think, I mean, you had the time to think about it I had a, lot of a little bit more than I would say most people do. Mm -hmm. I think that's why the the feeling that you are feeling is why people like myself carry a camera around. Yeah. Uh, the remembrance of a place or maybe maybe a little bit of fear that you you won't remember it. So those moments can be sentimental, especially if it isn't like your regular route where you know for a fact you're not going to be back. Um, it's that feeling like when you go on vacation and it's very short, like five days. Yeah. And every day you're just like, oh, my God, it's only four days now. Oh, my gosh, it's only three days. And you keep counting down instead of maybe just enjoying it because you're <laughs> hyper-focused on it. Yeah. I would say it's probably a little bit of that. It's It feels a little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, it's maybe very specific. You know, you're like, you're looking at a place and like, I'm never going to see this place again. Yeah. You know, and even, you know, and that's why you, you take the shot when you are there, not like when you're, you know, well, I'll get it next time or something like that, because there may not be a next time because, you know, life or entropy. not according to me to me well, i'm always gonna get the shot next time you do that yes i say that that's like my number one excuse is oh well on my way back i'll get it and i never do <laughs> but also i'm not saying goodbye to anything i think i'm not ready to say goodbye to a lot of places that i visit there are places that I've been that I'm like, I don't have to come here ever again. But for the most part, I think um, I don't see those places enough to where I think that I need to not return for a long time, I guess. I, I do return to the same places over and over. I, I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And well, this next entry is, is about that. I'm, hold on, say something, say something clever. I need to go kill a cat. No, oh, okay. <laughs> Killing cats is, what's the best way to kill a cat? Or no, that's skin oh, a cat. Okay, we're... anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, it just went dark as soon as you left. <laughs> let's not talk about that. Okay, so let's talk about 
Well, let's talk about day seven. It has now been a full week of travel. Today was the most difficult day so far, but it was also the day I shot the most shots. The, the morning was productive. I woke with the dawn and was driving and shooting at all moments. Every location was fruit. Every location was fruitful, and I felt like I had basically fine control of my photography. I took two photos for the Ansco project today. The first was of a church that caught my eye. I have been mindful of how I usually shoot these things and how I've been trying my best to expand what is normal for me. And the second photo was at Bear Paw Battlefield. I've attempted this shot twice before and liked neither. This time, however, the sky might have played along. Since I'm currently in a tent during an intense thunderstorm, I do not know if they were a success. And that touches upon one of the problems of the day, the weather. I, I do not want to complain on and on about how badly the weather has been each, each day and has altered my plans, but it is part of the journey, as always. Last year saw almost no rain, but it also meant boring skies. Today, but for the early morning, the skies have been wonderful. Mistakes are always hanging over my head, and today's mistake ruined a beautiful scene. Like the first photo, I have tried for three visits now to photograph the surrender rocks on the Bear Paw battlefield. Twice before, it was utter fail failure. Today, however, was beautiful, though no part, though not part of the Ansco project. Just as I took a medium format, <coughs> sorry, just as I took a medium format version of this scene, the skies opened, and I and my cameras were both soaked. And as an aside rained like fuck. <laughs> it was an incredible storm. One of the hardest I've ever been in. But I had gotten the shot and that's all that mattered. In my haste, however, I neglected to advance the film. No, oh, no. 50 miles and two storms later, I took another photo, some boring bullshit of an old bar and noticed a split second too late that I had double exposed the frame. I was heartbroken. I wrote of loss yesterday, but I forgot about the loss of the latent image. The photo did not yet exist. It was on the film, I'd hoped, but as to its proper exposure and composition, I could really only guess. It felt right, it felt nearly faded, but now it was gone. The sky was perfect, the light was amazing, Everything was dark and the clouds were just looming and threatening. It was exactly what I, what I wanted. And for 50 miles, I was in love with that shot. I wish I could have captured on the four by five, of course, but I was content in that, that not being how it worked out. Regardless, I had the photograph already in my mind. It existed already in my mind. And just like that, it was gone. I somehow forgot about this kind of loss. It's the loss that only a photographer might understand. The unthinkable, but unfairly all too common. This was not a loss from a random accident. It wasn't by chance or by the cruelty of the elements. It was my own carelessness, always unexpected, but always there. As an aside, I fell twice today, both times near where I took these photos. I am hurting, and today was very hard. That was written at the James Kipp Campground in Montana, which is a whole sad story unto itself. 
maybe we'll get into that some other time. So I had a really wonderful trip, but it wasn't without like setbacks and losses, especially in the first first week as I was getting my footing. Um, and that's, you know, I, I would ask like, oh, has this happened to you? Of course it has, it happened to every photographer. You know, you, you think you have an image and for some reason or another, you fucked it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're too far away to go back and, and reshoot it. And I should have, I should have gone back and reshot it. That day, even the clouds were amazing the whole day. The storms were all over the place the whole day. And I didn't. Um, and at that point, I was still under the impression that I could keep to some sort of regimen. You know, I was behind. I, I didn't have like a schedule or anything, but I had like a, a, a vague idea of all of the things that I wanted to do. And I was very afraid that I couldn't get all of them done. As it turns out, I had more time than I needed to do all of this. Hmm. So... That Those was, are very well thought. Uh, my journal entries are not that group. <laughs> well, definitely I mean, don't sound like that. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I. I, I don't know. I, I write. I'm a writer. As far as as far as that goes, I, I. My. I was writing before I was taking photographs, so that's kind of where I start. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a few things I, I want to explore, potentially in the next season. One of them is well, I was driving and I ran out of things to listen to. Not really. I mean, Spotify exists, but I just kind of like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know what I want to listen to. And then I decided just to listen to an audiobook read by Ray Bradbury. Now, listeners to the show know that I absolutely adore Ray Bradbury, especially his voice. I can't mm-hmm. listen to something being, oh, something of his being read by somebody else. It has to be by him. Mm-hmm. And I even mentioned a couple of times that some of the people who call in sound like Ray Bradbury. Mm-hmm. And, I have heard you say that before. Yeah, I love his cadence. And I know that he wrote a book called, I believe it was called On Writing. He wrote a book about writing, as a lot of writers do. Stephen King did it and mm-hmm. you know, E.B. White did it. A lot of people have done it. Um, in the same way that a lot of photographers write books about photography. Mm-hmm. And so I started to wonder, since I'm a writer, do I apply any of the rules or practices of writing to photography. I don't know, I haven't really thought about it. But since Ray Bradbury has written a book called On Writing or something to that effect, mm-hmm. I want to read the book and th- what can I take about writing? What can I take from, from his writing about writing and apply it to photography? I don't know, I, maybe nothing. Maybe I'll read the book and I'll just be like, nah, I can't use any of this, that's fine. But there was a quote, and I was looking for it today and I couldn't find it. It said something to the effect of, photography requires more imagination than writing because, and I I don't agree with this, I think it's 100% bullshit, um, because the writer can just invent things and invent Mm. whole worlds, whereas Mm. the photographer has to interpret the world that he sees and and make it their own. And I think, well, that's because um, a writer well, they, can't, a writer they obviously can't haven't heard too. of. <laughs> well, they have obviously haven't heard of Photoshop either and, you know, digital photography. And- yeah, I don't know if this was 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know if this was strictly film. I don't remember the context of the quote. Actually, I probably don't know the context of the quote. I can't remember who posted. I thought it was Ilford's like Wednesday word salad quotes, but it wasn't one of those. So hmm. I remember reading it and strongly disagreeing with that because, you know, photographers can create, even film photographers can mm-hmm. create entire worlds, you know? We, I mean, look, I, don't, I can't think of photographers offhand, but I mean, look at even something like, like Five by Seven Angel. <laughs> you know, she creates surreal worlds in her photos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like, she's not like a street photographer just snapping a shot of, of you know, someone doing something silly on, on the street, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, but it's such a weird interpretation of what writing is and what photography is. And so I disagree with that immensely and think that, that this person who said it is, is like, the opposite is true of that. I think writing requires more imagination or at least can. Well, yeah. I, so while you were reading your, um, your journal entry, I was looking at mine just to see what the difference are. And they're mostly just like, Anywhere from like one to two paragraphs or like two sentences. And one of them was like, yeah, photography is part skill, but I think mostly dream, dreaming. Um, We need to be able to like daydream and imagine something there. I, I, I know that you do that. I know a lot of photographers do that. I don't. I don't daydream I don't it's not that I don't imagine but I'm very I'm not I'm not that mm-hmm. and I, I envy people that 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 do that I'm I mean I'm I'm constantly in my own world oh you are for sure and I'm okay with that yeah I, yeah I don't want to leave it, it I think it really well I mean I do think it really helps your art and I'm not that way and I think my photography this, this trip, I, I think it could have really benefited from that because a lot of the things that I shot were locations um, shared with me, shared to me um, by uh, Taylor, who we had on the podcast not that long ago. A lot of the same locations, a lot of things she's posting now are things that I shot a couple weeks ago. And I'm looking at her photos. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> I wish I would have shot at something similar to that. But the ones that I, that she showed me first off were ones that were kind of, just photos like hanging way back, very similar to something that I would take. And yeah. so my thought was I need to do it differently than that. I need to do, I need to focus on things that I wouldn't normally see. And I think being in that imaginative state would have really helped me in that respect, where if I'd come up to, I came up to a, an old Seventh-day Adventist church and I don't usually enter, but I did. And uh, it was dusty, but seemingly untouched for like 70 years. It, people had been in it, obviously, but nothing had been moved. They still had like, it was a, um, a Ukrainian <laughs> um, Seventh-day Adventist church. They had the, the, the Ten Commandments on the wall, but they were written in Ukrainian. And above the pulpit, was a banner that read God's world in big letters. 
And of course, I mean, that's just like, that's just a, a photographer's dream to stumble onto something like that. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I can do a lot of really weird shit with this. And I wish I could have daydreamed and imagined myself in the 1950s or 40s or whenever it was in the, in the congregation, uh, how it, you know, put, putting myself in their places and, you know, feeling what it was like to be that Ukrainian immigrant uh, following, you know, uh, an odd, an odd uh, spinoff of Christianity, going to church on Saturdays because that's what they do. And just, I, I couldn't, I, I knew, you know, like I know like the, the the quote unquote facts about them, but I don't, I didn't try to imagine that. I didn't even think about it, but I think I could have benefited from that a little bit. I was just thinking what I would do with that. And I'd probably put myself in that photo. It'd be like the very rare occasion of me doing some sort of self-timery thing. Oh, really? Now, do you remember the, I, I haven't, developed anything yet so you haven't seen anything yet but do you remember the the cell phone shot i took of that no you didn't send it to me well i posted them on uh, for patrons and you count you're you're there as well but yeah it yeah. was a, an odd location and i wish i could have done it better i think and i think i would have been able to do it better if i would have been more imaginative Possibly. Yeah. Do you think that you felt better that no one was with you? Like, cause I didn't, I didn't get a chance to come. You were too far away. Uh, so I didn't get to see you. That's true. When you were on the road. Did you meet up with anybody else? No, I didn't talk to a single person <laughs> the entire time I was, I was thinking the other day, like, did I have a conversation with anybody? I think the longest conversation I had was at, um, the weird, well, weird sort of tourist trap, um, Little America in Wyoming. And mm -hmm. what's weird about it is that it's not weird. It's very like Mormon normal. Mormal? It's creepy. It's creepy, but it's not like- It's Mormon. It's not like south of the <laughs> border it. or, um, I don't know, like, like any other like weird tourist trap. It's not- It's very Disneyland-ish. It's, it's, it reminds me of just- it's fake. It's not real. It's like yeah. a facade. I don't, it, it's hard to explain because it's not, nothing, it's not weird. It doesn't like, nothing's odd that's happening there. It's very, very normal. And that's what's weird about it. It's uncanny valley. It's sort of uncanny valley. Yeah. It's it, it kind of that. Um. So there was a, a problem with my credit card. Um, no, it was the, it was sort of, uh, the, the girl who was at the front desk, it was her first day. And she was learning how to uh, check people in. I stayed in a hotel there. And um, we had a two or three minute conversation about work while, uh, while she was trying to get the printer to work. Hmm. And that was the most I talked to anybody the entire trip. I remember going there because the bathrooms the bathrooms are weird. The bathrooms are very conservative. Very. Where each stall has a door that go pretty much goes to the ceiling to, from the ceiling no, to the it's, floor. It's a completely enclosed. Yeah. It's its own room. Yeah. In like in like a regular bathroom. You have like a regular bathroom, but instead of the open stalls, 
like metal stalls with like the short doors and all that. It's just a series of closets. Yes, with toilets basically. In them. <laughs> it makes me want to just leave leave mine open, honestly. <laughs> they even have like, like regular hey. doorknobs on them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's creepy. It's weird. It's very, very weird. The, yeah, I don't know. The room that I stayed in is 1950s, very, very mid-century looking. Even the tile on the bathroom floor was like pink and, and checked and uh, it was it was pretty cool. But I wasn't expecting that because the outside is is like that fake 70s colonial. Yeah. It's just, it's a weird place that I didn't quite understand. But what can you do? So yes, that was the most I've talked to anybody. And so answering your question at the long fucking way around that, do I think uh, I would have shot differently with other people there? Yes, of course I always do. And that person is usually you. But um, I, I, I think I'm a little more daring when there's other people around. But the nice thing about North Dakota, because I think this was in North Dakota, was that um, people there, I don't know why, but they don't give a shit if you're trespassing on an abandoned buildings. They don't, they don't seem to care at all. Whereas That's like cool. in Washington and in Kansas, they're- It's a big deal. Oh my God, they're very suspicious. And they, they very like, why are you here? What are you doing here? Do you know anybody here? But in North Dakota, I don't know if they're so beaten down by, I mean, the oil industry has like really taken over their countryside for the past over a decade. So I don't know if they're just like, they don't, don't give a shit anymore or, or, or what. It's, it's, you want like them to care a little bit not not enough to stop you from doing what you're doing, but like a little bit, just like, maybe you can ask me what I'm doing here. Do you want to know? Are you curious? Not at all. Yo, like, please, I, I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> please talk to me. It's, it Hi. is. Hi. Well, see, I'm, I just, I would, I would literally have a conversation with anybody. So I just will force people to talk to me. Well, I didn't, I, there weren't people. That's the thing. Yeah. I didn't go into many towns. And so well, there's your problem. Yeah, that was. And I, I tried, like one day I was I was kind of feeling a little defeated. And I was like, well, the next day I'm gonna go and I'm, I'm just gonna shoot some towns. And I, I just didn't, I, I, I tried and I just like, I wasn't feeling it. And on the last, second to last day, I wanted to shoot some, some towns along Route 30 in Idaho. And I've always wanted to do that. And I always drive by them going, mm, I should shoot those places someday. And I drove by them and I stopped this time. And I'm just like, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. So Sometimes you need to change the music too. I mean, I'm sure you were stoked because I wasn't there to tell you not to listen to Pet Shop Boys constantly, <laughs> right? Um, There's that. You know, uh, that that was, oh, oh no, once that was nice. You, you don't, you're very okay with me listening to whatever. But I don't. I didn't listen to much music. Um, it was a very music-free trip. That's weird. Not completely. I mean, there was definitely music. I listened to Injustice for All. Um, that was uh, on, on rotation. Um, nice. Yeah, that's, there were, that's, some, um, that's my favorite album to drive to, Uphill, usually. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's such a good album. Yeah, like uh, going up the 18... Um, into Crestline. That's my that's my album. That was my f oh, isn't 
I guess Master of Puppets was my first Metallica album. But that was like heard like kind of my friends were into that. And that was kind of heard in the periphery. But when mm. one came out, um, the video, remember the video for one? You don't? It was... Maybe if you explain it. Uh, it was clips from the movie Johnny Got His Gun. And it was about a, a kid in World War One who got his face and arms and legs blown off. And he's in a bed and the the clips from the movie are interspersed throughout mm-hmm. the, the video. And that really affected me as it should. I mean, that should affect anybody. But I actually, when I was, a, when it came out, which like, I guess was like 87. So I would have been, or was it 88? Probably 88. So I would have been like 13. I, I That's how I discovered bootleg movies that wasn't mm-hmm. available on VHS. I guess it was for a short time. And so I had to like, find somebody who who bootlegged a copy who bootlegged a copy and so i got like a third or fourth generation copy of johnny got his gun uh now i I think it's on dvd i don't know if it's on blu-ray i don't think it's streaming either i could be wrong about all of that maybe it is out there and the whole thing was like oh metallica owns the the rights to it and they're holding the movie so nobody can see it and that's that probably wasn't true you could probably download it then on napster oh uh, well, not at that point, but now I don't. <laughs> Does Napster still exist? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but I don't know. That if was he... like when I was in high school. Okay, yeah. I mean, I remember Napster, but I don't. I don't know. Um, well, let me just do a quick check here. It's something that I, I really should watch again. I got the book though. I remember ordering the book from Walden Books. They had to mm. order it in for me, um, and I remember reading the book. I think I read the book before I watched the movie, even. And the book like completely changed my life. And it was, it made me very political, which is a very political book. Dalton Trimbeau was an incredibly political author. And he was directed the movie as well. And yes, you can buy it only in standard definition uh, on, on, um, on Amazon. And that's a, that's a bummer because that's a movie that really deserves to be in, in high def. What was a what was a movie that you watched a lot because it was just because you had it? Like something that's like kind of off the wall that you just like constantly watched. Dawn of the, no, Day of the Dead. Okay. Uh, cool. That was, I remember, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I've never seen it um, as an adult. I don't, I don't think, but I can remember there are certain lines that that stick in my head, like, um, I'm not going to get to the plot of the movie, but there's a woman there who is ahead of, I think, a scientist, and she's with a bunch of army guys. And one of the army guys, Steele, I think his name was, uh, was being a dick and threatening her. And then he walked away, and then somebody else said something to the effect of, watch yourself, like physically watch yourself. And that, that line is stuck in my head. And I'm sure I've said it accidentally, you know, watch yourself, like physically watch yourself. And I don't I should watch the movie again. It's, it's probably not good, but that was one that was on just rotation, much to my, my parents' uh, extreme displeasure. Oh, I'm sure. You? I mean, you have 10 commandments. 10, yeah, but as like older, it was <laughs> um, Clockwork Orange. Oh shit! That would one of mine as well. That my friend had um, 
had a VHS of it and it just got played. It was like every time I was over at my boyfriend's, like I would put it on. Do you, have you seen it in your adulthood? I will not see it. No, it's one of those that like, I don't feel comfortable watching this anymore. I know I don't think I need to watch it. Yeah. I know it's really fun in a lot of places. I mean, Oh, for sure. the, The language, like fuzzy warbles for records, you know, I, that's fun. That's really, really fun. But, yeah. you know. And I like the Beethoven part, obviously. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then there's Wendy Carlos, the whole soundtrack. That was yeah, um, a soundtrack great. I had on on cassette. And we would drive around <laughs> listening to Wendy Carlos playing playing uh, Beethoven. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So Clockwork Orange and, like, a ton of, like, or not a ton, but just, like, a VHS of live skinny puppy oh sure <laughs> concerts <laughs> yeah i mean i had uh eraser head was on rotation a lot uh, i got a a japanese i think a japanese copy of it because i think they were because like england was pal mm-hmm. format and i think japan had ntcs ntsc whatever it's called uh in our region as well i think that the same quote-unquote region that we did uh, so I know I got a, I had like Japanese subtitles on it. And maybe, maybe it was a bootleg of like a Japanese laser disc or something. But that was a big one. I wonder if that's, that's affected photography at all. I mean, oh, I think so. I think music, movies, any kind of visual or, you know, sound affects my photography 100%. I love, and I've told you this before, you know, I like to listen to music. If I feel uninspired, listening to music is good. I will say though, um, I'm actually really surprised because I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast before, but maybe I have, but my biggest inspiration or when I'm the most inspired to do art of any form is when I'm desperately like sad and lonely. (laughs) I'm very, very creative. So it's like, it sucks because I'm sad and lonely, but also it kicks me in the ass and I get really, really creative. So when I'm really happy, I'm a little bit more on the dry side. Oh no, I think I'm the opposite. Yeah. I don't think I create when I'm sad. Maybe, no. I mean, I think music I would if I was a musician. I think I would. But photography, I need to, it's very technical for me. And so sadness for me isn't very technical. Sadness for me is is uh, staying inside and, and listening to disintegration on repeat. Yeah. So there, well, so I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm just like always sad. Which oh, I don't know. I'm very, I mean, I'm an emotional person. So being sad is kind of, I'm really good at being sad. I don't mind it. I actually like sad things make me happy because it makes me feel something. And I like that. Uh, I wonder if that's healthy. Probably not, <laughs> but it's, it's the truth. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I've been reflecting a lot on like many things and sure. I think that there's always like pros and cons to everything. And maybe my pro of 
being the way that I am is that I'm the most crazy and creative when <laughs> I'm very sad and lonely. <laughs> I also, I, I wanted to mention, because you said that you were, you did some audio. I mean, you did, you were reading some books or you listened to podcasts and I was, mm-hmm. I was going to tell you that I, I went through like four audiobooks so far this summer. I'm very proud of myself. Nice. Um, I'm actually like reading one right now and it's, um, about Lindsay Adario and it's like her, she's a war photographer. She took some pretty incredible pictures, uh, just recently, uh, in the, you know, the war in Ukraine. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of like a book about her getting into photography and how she started. And it's kind of like her love life and then also her photography. So a lot of work when she went to Afghanistan before, like before even September 11th even happened. And it's uh, and just like her being uh, a very like passionate photographer and going into these like really scary situations and sad situations. Hmm. So yeah, I'm almost done with that one, but I did read a bunch of great books so far and I don't know, it's been, I've, I've been craving, I, I of course always constantly listening to music. Yeah. Um, but also really excited about just listening to books as I do stuff like I can work and listen to books and so I think that's why I've gotten <laughs> I've gotten through so many <laughs> yeah I I've I wanted to do more you like, should you should read um or read or listen to that one I was telling you about from Christopher Hitchens oh sure yeah I mean I, that's, I know Christopher he's Hitchens. great yeah. yeah he's great I like him so much it's a great book. But yeah, if anybody else has any like good uh, recommendations, I'm, I'm looking for like a life-changing book. I feel like all the books that I've been listening to are great books, but like it's been a very long time where I've been like, oh my God, this is just like, you don't want to stop listening to it. I need one of those. Yeah, I, I don't know. I might have to go back to Tolkien. Well, I mean, I can't. Do they have it? Do they have what? Who's they and what is it? I don't know. Like an audible. Do you think they have Tolkien? Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But who's, okay. This is a, and like you said, same with the guy, Ray Bradbury, right? Um, Yeah. Some authors should not read their books. Well, (laughs) Tolkien. Okay. They're, okay. Um, Tolkien had released, let's say four records like vinyl records of him reading. Uh, he read the parts of, of the Silmarillion, parts of Lord of the Rings um, and a few poems. And mm-hmm. he's he's got a very British, an old British voice. And no, I don't, I like his writing, or sorry, his, his reading. And actually he did um, the riddles in the dark, the, the riddles in the dark chapter from, mm-hmm. from The Hobbit, which is a lot of, of Gollum. And so his golem voice is wonderful. I love his golem voice. What's his golem voice sound like? Well, you'll have to listen to that because I can't just I can't I can't play it right now. Um, uh, but he does. He's not read the full book, either The Hobbit or or, or any of them. Um, hmm. Now, 
I've listened to, I think, two different people read The Hobbit. I definitely have a preference. And I listened to two or three different people read Lord of the Rings and have a preference. I don't remember who the, who the preferences are. I have them on my own. I don't know who it they are. It looks like uh, Martin Shaw does one here on Audible. Okay, yeah, I like Martin Shaw's. I remember that. I remember that name, liking that. Okay. Now, there was somebody who did the Silmarillion who mispronounced um, Iluvatar, which is bizarre. Iluvatar is like the god figure. And he pronounced it, he pronounced it as Iluvatar. I was like, Tolkien would never put this, the emphasis on that syllable. So I was, oh God, I didn't care for nerd. that. But as far as audiobooks go and Tolkien, The Children of Hurin, read by Christopher fucking Lee, is amazing. Really? Yes. Now I could listen to Christopher Lee read the phone book. Yeah. So keep that in mind. But it's a wonderful story. It's one of my favorite Tolkien stories. It's uh, kind of expanded from the Silmarillion. Uh, very, very fun, well, fun, but very good story. It's not a fun story. It's a very tragic story, but a very, very uh, good story. So I don't know if I would start with Children of Huron, but as far as listenability goes, uh, Christopher Lee. But I see. I mean, for someone who's not really been involved with Tolkien, I think I would start with The Hobbit. I see. Yeah. It's a Looks wonderful like story. The Hobbit in Audible is narrated by Andy Serkis. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's, he's the guy who played who played Golem. Oh, how funny. Yeah, I've not heard his. I don't I hopefully he has the Golem voice because well, then that would yeah, I would of be course. very <laughs> And his Golem voice is very much based on Tolkien's. Amazing. Yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, I don't know if I could handle him reading hmm. reading anything, but I, I should try it. I don't know. I, my my Hobbit my Hobbit is read by um, I honestly don't remember, but I, I do enjoy it. It's a British fellow, and I, I do a, a I do British enjoy British fellow. A British fellow. I don't remember Wonderful. who it is though. So I see that Christopher Lee did the Children of Hurin. Uh, he also. Does Neverwhere. I don't know what that is. Don't know. And then Sweep in Peace. Sweep. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is either. No idea. <laughs> but That's yeah, so I, I was trying to find out who, who does the, the Hobbit audiobook, but I can't. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Well, let's get back to photography. Oh. Also, I need to pack still. <laughs> yes, we should wrap it up. I have one more thing to plug. Um, I plugged it real quick on Instagram today, but I wanted to give a, a bigger mention to them. Uh, it's a it's a person on YouTube named Kaz Rowe or Rao. Uh, their name is K A Z R O W E. They okay. they do a lot of really like good video essays on a lot of Victorian and uh, post Victorian things like you would be interested in some of the things they've done on the history of LA hmm. and the, the buildings in LA and, yeah, and some of the, that weird, would be fun. the weird shit in LA. Uh, they do a lot of that. But recently, two weeks ago, they did the story of the Cottingley fairy hoax. And it's something that I've wanted to cover on the podcast. And now I kind of feel like I don't have to, which is wonderful. It is about the fairy photos 
from England taken by the two girls, the 13-year-old. Oh, fun. Yeah. And how that happened and how everybody, including Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of of Sherlock Holmes, fell for it. (laughs) And the writing and the editing, top-notch. I I love what they do. They're... um, they're also an illustrator and they completed and are, had, are having published a, uh, a graphic novel on, and oh my God, my, the name just escaped me at the moment. Um, the French surrealist, we did an episode on them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Marcel was. Yes. So nice. that's that. So please check out their, their um, YouTube uh, there's a few other things they did that were photography based. Uh, it very much goes in line with like the um, like the like the spirit photos of of that were done in 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 New York in the 1800s. Remember the, the Mumler Mumler. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So How very much in line. With that. I'm surprised they haven't done a, a thing on Mumler. But also the the history behind Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet. Nice. Wonderful. So good. So well-researched and just fun. Also, they're very much in the cosplay. And so the costumes are there as well. Excellent. Um, They have a lovely coat with buttons and tails, Vanya. You will (gasps) be very, very jealous. Yay. I know. I was just thinking if I should bring my tails with me or not. Because I think we're supposed to like go have dinner somewhere. So I feel like maybe tails is acceptable, but I think I so. Know. Oh, uh, on my list of, uh, books, one of them in my cart is where the crawdads sing. Oh, uh, didn't yeah. you just watch that? I did. I saw the movie. I want to read the book and I'm getting it from the library, the audio nice. book. I came from the library. I'm like 150th in line. <gasps> <laughs> what? I'm wondering, can you, can you do like the Los Angeles library? No, with libraries, you have to live in that vicinity. Oh, okay. There may be you. some libraries libraries that you yeah, don't have Yeah, because I think to. LA City, sometimes they have like multiple copies. Oh of, yeah, for sure. It's but like Blockbuster, you know? It, it, it is a lot like Blockbuster. You know, when the new releases come out and they have like 10 of them. Yeah, that's how it is. Digitally, for some reason, they do that as well. Don't understand I re- why. I remember calling for Lost Highway because I really wanted to see it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And... I called like three or four places. They're like, oh no, all 10 of them are gone. All all 10 copies of, see, I didn't grow up in a place where there was even one copy of Lost Highway. It was not something we had, but um, yeah, I I like the movie where the crawdads sing. I saw Mm -hmm. it on the road, saw it in Scott's Bluff, Nebraska. Nice. it was. I saw it with a with a with a, a, a small audience, but a very dramatic audience. There was a lot of <gasps> and oh my from this one oh, person. I love. Like wow, very into this. I thought it was a good movie. It, it really was um, kind of a an examination of. Don't tell me anything. Well, I don't no, know it's it. not. No, it's it's. It's not, I'm not, it's no, there's, well, there is a, a big, you know, uh, there is a plot. I mean, 
but I'm not going <laughs> to talk about the plot. Um, okay, good. Because, you know, I like to be completely... Complete. Um, it's an examination of the difference between loneliness and alone. <gasps> oh, that's perfect. Yes, and if you go into it knowing that, I think that's a good thing because I've seen very few reviews that mention it. What a interesting thing to kind of wrap this up. I didn't even know, but, yeah. you know, we were talking about loneliness and mm-hmm. and how yeah. how it affects us and then... And then this book comes along too. And we start talking about that. So yeah. that's that's really neat. It is. Yes. So I recommend the movie. We'll see if anybody else likes it. Yeah. But yes. Okay. I guess that catches everybody up. We've been gabbing for about an hour. Really? Yeah. An hour and one minute at this point. I don't, I, I, I don't feel think like it can I'll, go on. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I'll edit this. I think we're, we're good. Um, Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, sorry about the cat noises. He's um, evil. I'm sorry about the mouth noises. I guess I don't. I don't know. Well, the mouth noises are essential. We are a podcast. Yeah, I guess so. Well, on that note, whatever note that is, uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with a dev party. That will be a new dev party that we have not even recorded yet. Oh shit. Oh shit! Have something to develop, Vanya. <laughs> I know. We're ready. Um, I'm bringing a. I'll bring a compact. Okay. I'll have a camera. So I will be developing something from the trip. That's all I have to develop. And then Wonderful. after that, we will be starting our season, unless something horrible happens. But we'll be starting our our first episode of the season. Yeah, I'm very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll have hopefully have a guest and uh, a subject and. You know, we'll talk more about the summer. <laughs> a guest, a subject, you know? all sorts of things. I know, we need a guest. I guess we, we don't normally have guests on the first episode back. Uh, I think we had Sunny 16. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure that we did. Didn't we have him for our first episode back? Maybe the first guest of the season, but our first episodes back have always been just you and me. A oh, family okay. show, well, I don't, Carol Burnett I mean, honestly, I don't mind if it's just you and me. It's... Okay, well, with me. Yeah, we can. We'll we'll discuss that. We we will we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. And oh, maybe, we shouldn't do it while we're recording right now. <laughs> probably not. Oh, okay. Uh, and maybe we'll have you know the film detectives. We'll see if they're interested in popping back in. Yes. Yeah. So there's some surprises. I have a whole list of things that I I have ideas for. So me too. We've I'm got, really excited. Yeah, we've got a, hopefully a, a whole season of fun the most fun you've ever had this wow i mean honestly we should really start doing commercials because your voice is (laughs) trust me people it will be fun i guess but we are excited in, in all seriousness we're very excited to start we're very excited for you people to listen and and enjoy it hopefully i think it will be a good season which I guess is technically season four. We're going to our fourth year. Jeez. Yeah. When are we going to get canceled already? I don't know. It's a thing with podcasts. Nobody can cancel us. We're just going to keep limping on and on until one <sighs> oh of us gosh. murders the other. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think I think a few people wanted to cancel me. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I wasn't one of them, though. So. Yeah, right. No. Oh, my God, no. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. We will see you next week with Dev Party and then a week after that with the main episode. So, 
it's weird ending these. Bye, I guess. Well, we love you. Thank you for listening. And <laughs> bye-bye. Bye. Out of the frying pan into the fire. I thought Cooper was an asshole, but he was a sweetheart next to Rhodes. We could be in real trouble. You better watch yourself. I mean physically, watch yourself. I can handle it. Don't worry, it's not going to come to that. We've just got to pound some logic into their heads. Impossible.